Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. a passage Lord has put in my spirit from the Psalms. It's the 42nd Psalm, and I want to read stanzas 1 through 8. We will share in the New International Version of the Scriptures. It reads, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By the day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. I want to share just for a little while from the thought, when deep calls, when deep calls. The 42nd Psalm launches what is book two of the five books that constitute the Psalms or the Psalter. There are no chapters in the Psalms. There are no divisions in the Psalms. But there is a compilation of five books. Psalms 1 through 41 is book 1. Psalm 42 through 72 is book 2. Psalm 73 through 89 is book 3, Psalm 90 through 106, is book 4, Psalms 107 through 150, is book 5. It is one of the nine psalms associated with the sons of Korah. This is a name of a family in the nation of Israel's history where one rebelled against God. Uh, by challenging the authority of Moses. And this record is in Numbers 16. But the worship leader in this psalm is a descendant of that family. 
This psalm is classified by many biblical expositors as a lament, a cry for deliverance. And it is generally believed to have included Psalm 43 in its earlier history in the canon. But at some point, these psalms were divided. But beneath the chaos of the circumstances in this psalm that is described emerges a compelling portrait of spiritual maturity. It is not the writer's passion to lead worshipers into the temple that is in view here, but rather it is his very personal and private pain that he experiences, as one songwriter would say, when waves of affliction sweep over his soul and the sunlight is hidden from view. The psalmist is having his own Job experience. It is almost as if the Lord is asleep and cares not that he perishes. Deep called on the writer of this psalm, that is deep trial, deep suffering, deep tribulation, deep anguish. And when deep called, his faith was tested and tempered. I've wrestled with this psalm most of the week. And three things I want to share with you that I believe the writer addresses that speak to us today. One of the things, and this is stanzas one through four and five A are the first part of stanza five, is the character of human experience. What this psalm reveals is the character of human experience. This writer, this psalmist, this author, this anonymous author, this son of Korah, he did not get an exemption from his sufferings because he was a Levite or because he was a worship leader in Israel. He was captive to the contingent and he was upstaged by the uncertainty that holds all of us hostage. We never know what a day will bring. Deep called this man in our text. And he could not hang up, nor could he press the mute button. Deep has a way of calling on us. And you and I, all we really have to do is keep living. I was on a flight recently, and I checked two bags. The larger one weighed exactly 50 pounds. I tried to be very intentional about distributing the... uh, contents of the bags between the, the two so that I would not have to pay an excess charge. And when the scale read exactly 50 pounds, I was inwardly applauding myself <laughs> for my preciseness and my exactitude. How satisfying would life be if we could measure and manage our troubles that way? take a little bit out of here and put a little bit over there. The reality is that we have no control and there will be times when we will feel completely overwhelmed and this psalmist cry will become ours and we'll say my tears as he does in stanza three, my tears have become my food day and night while men say to me all day long, where is your God? I'm talking about the seasons of difficulty, 
uh, of disappointment, of disillusionment that become our diet in those times when brokenness becomes our beverage of choice. I'm talking about those seasons when even our adversaries and antagonists mock us, if not outwardly, inwardly by saying, okay, where's your God now? You a Christian, why are you going through this now? Are you ready when deep calls you? I was wrestling with this text and it was wrestling with me. You just don't know what life will bring. When, when deep calls, it takes on many forms. I'm talking about the character of human experience. It, it takes on many forms. It's the habit you can't break. It's the fear you can't shake. Deep is the relationship you can't fix. It's the diagnosis that you cannot accept. The disease you cannot cure. It's the memory you can't forget. It's the hurt you can't forgive. Deep is a question you can't answer. It's a job you can't get. It's a child you can't reach. Deep could be a bill you can't pay or a problem you can't solve. It's the character of human experience. But there's something else in the text. It's not just the character of human experience. It is also the confession of hopeful expectation. You would think when you read this psalm, and I've read it a number of times, you would think that at a point the psalmist is ready to capitulate. He's ready to throw in the towel. But from the innermost of his being rings a confession, a hopeful expectation. He asks his soul, he says, why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed? And then put your hope in God. I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You know, when deep calls, we have to be able to encourage ourselves. I'm not dismissing or diminishing the importance of encouragers in our lives. But you and I cannot be totally dependent on that. If the deacon forget to make the call or if the pastor doesn't come by or if family don't know, you must have the capacity if friends can't be found, you must have the capacity to encourage yourself. This man was no longer able to lead as a worship leader. This is most likely his role in the Levitical service. He was unable at this point because of his circumstances to lead the worshipers in procession into the temple. But at the end... Even though it was immobilizing him, he was still all right. Because it's not the church that you're in that will get you through. It's the church that's in you. You know, we get caught up in denominations. We get caught up in buildings and facilities and locations and where we are, who we're with. It's not that church that will encourage you. It's the church you carry on the inside that will get you through. Have you ever had church away from church? Isn't it wonderful to know that you don't have to wait till you get here? 
If you're going through something, you don't have to. I look forward to it. I look forward to coming here and not going back home the same way I came. But I'm not confined by that. Because the same God that shows up on Sunday, he'll show up in the middle of the week. And you can have church without an organ. You can have church without a choir. You can have church without deacons praying. You can have church without a pastor preaching. When you are able to reach down into the interior of who you are and encourage yourself. See, when deep calls, one of the one of the things that deep does is it gets us out of that kind of mentality. Uh, when, when you can't get to the church. This psalmist had a desire. He panted as a deer for the springs of water for the house of God, and yet he could not get there. And still he was able, because of this hopeful expectation, to hold on to God and to make it through his storm. We, we have a lot today a lot of stuff out there, a lot of this humanistic, egocentric stuff that deals basically with encouraging yourself. But you and I cannot encourage ourselves without adding the other piece in the Lord. It's, it's in the Lord. It's not us motivating ourselves. It's when we focus on the Lord and we have that truth, that reality deep down in who we are. That no matter what the storm is, no matter what the challenge is, we can hold on. See, our true character really shows up when deep calls. I have been encouraged by believers whose faith is most transparent, not when they were attending the church and, and worshiping, but when I saw them in the middle of the storm and they were still holding on to God. Deep will call out our dependency on God. When you don't have anywhere else to go, you'll call on God. You'll confess that if God doesn't show up, I'm in trouble. I heard a story recently about a woman who had a heart attack and she had to have emergency surgery and it was pretty serious and she was on the operating table and she heard the surgeon say, she heard the surgeon say that we better call in her next of kin. Woman began to pray hard, and, and the story goes that God spoke to her, answered her prayers, and said, I'll give you 10 more years. And he gave her 10 more years. She got better and immediately committed to a path of self-improvement. And one of the things she did, even while she was in the hospital, is she got an extreme makeover. On the way out of the hospital, when she was dismissed, she was hit by a rushing ambulance, killed on the spot. The story goes that when she got to heaven, she asked the Lord, you said you gave me 10 more years. What happened? And he said, I didn't recognize you. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord don't recognize us. Because we don't know who we are. But, but deep has a way of bringing out our true character. In the interior of his being, he has this dialogue with his soul. And he says, put your hope in God. For yet I will praise him 
my Savior and my God. Put your hope in God. Two things really jump out at me in this part of the text. Both of these things give us a real strong clue of what spiritual maturity is. One thing that jumps out is this psalmist, when deep called, was able to move from I won't to I will. You see, when we meet him in the, the first few stanzas, he is expressing his desires. But as we move down into the interior of the psalm, what's more important is what God wills for him. Even though his relief, even though deliverance has not come, he acknowledges that I will praise God. I'm not going to give up. I have more questions than, than answers, and, and the waves keep coming over me, but I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give up. I will praise the Lord. When deep calls, we have to be able to make that shift from I won't to I will. He says, I will praise him. That's the other thing that I find really moving in this passage is that not only does he move from I won't to I will, but he says, I will praise him. And the word that is translated praise communicates a response that is based on one's knowledge and experience. No matter what's going on in our lives, we should still be able to praise God. Oh, it's wonderful to thank him for what he's doing. I'm thanking him for food on my table. I'm thanking him for health and strength and safety and security. But even if God did not do anything, and that's a long stretch, I can still praise him. I can praise him for who he is. Praise don't have nothing to do with how I'm feeling at the moment. It has everything to do with who God is. The Hebrew word that's translated praise communicates this experience, this knowledge that the psalmist have. So at the end of the day, it's not what you hear. It's not what you think. It's not really what you believe, but it's what you know. What you know. And more specifically, it's who you know that'll get you through your storm. And so there is the character of human experience. There is the confession of hopeful expectation. But there's one other thing in the text. There is the confidence of heavenly engagement. The confidence of heavenly engagement. The text describes the dire and desperate nature of the situation the writer's in. It's as if the created order is in full attack mode against him. Heaven, earth, and hell have conspired and embraced each other seemingly for his undoing in a dreadful conspiracy. And he says in stanza seven, he says, deep calls unto deep. I love the way Eugene Peterson translates this. He says, chaos calls unto chaos. To the tune of whitewater rapids, your breaking surf, your thundering breakers crash and crush me. His problems are unceasing and overwhelming. One wave follows another, echoing the ferocity and terror of the previous wave. And when we read it, we see this dire situation. And yet it's not the end of the story. The story does not end this way because the psalmist acknowledges that no matter how deep you are, no matter how deep the trouble, the trial, 
God meets us at our point of need. There is no place we can go where God is not already there. But what I want you to realize is when deep calls, you have something deeper than that. God meets us at our point of need. I have in the last few days heard about some things that for me in terms of my limited knowledge are very deep. Like the particle collider that hurls these particles through space at the speed of light. That helped the physicists discover this new subatomic particle. But God is deeper than that. I heard about Technology now that allows surgeons to operate and to look at the intricate parts of the human body in 3D dimension as they're performing surgical procedures. But God is deeper than that. I read recently about how when the Gulf spill took place down in Louisiana and the Gulf, how the breach was repaired by robots that could descend five miles under the sea and work to repair the rupture. But God is deeper than that. Somebody said that all the collective libraries of Washington University could not hold the information in one strand of DNA. But God is deeper than that. The psalmist said, when deep calls... God calls too, and he shows up and directs us with his love during the day and gives us songs in the night. I'm telling you today that deep will call us. But this psalmist gives us an example or demonstrates to us what we do and how we handle our troubles when we find ourselves under these waves of affliction is that we just hold on to God because wherever you find yourself or I do, God is already there. And I'm confident today that whenever trouble shows up, I can have a conversation with my spirit and to say to my soul, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. You know how deep God is. His love is so deeply unsearchable. He came down through 42 generations and died for you and me. Bible says that on the third day he got up with all power in his hands. I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. Our ancestors had it right when they said, I will trust in the Lord. And then they said, until I die, because there's nothing too hard for God. No mountain too high, no valley too wide, no river too deep. And so this psalmist, he got a call from deep. It was reflective of human experience, but he had an expectation that even though he could not understand his situation, God was still in charge. And that God had a deep that was deeper than the deep he was experiencing. 
and that if he put it in the Lord's hands, he would work it out. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.